Hello everyone, uh, welcome to episode number 27 and we're having rain and stuff in Houston so you might hear thunder going on in the background. But this is Kerwin and I'm here with my buddy. Sure. Excellent and uh, it's, uh, we're actually recording two episodes today because we want to try to keep the episodes into bite-sized chunks, um, so about 30 minutes or so. And so, uh, in it, uh, what we're going to do in this episode, we're going to talk about some updates that we had from um, previous episodes, and we're going to talk about aircraft manufacturers, and then we have a miscellaneous session. So, let's jump right into it. Um, as you know, despite the fact that things are going really bad in the airline industry, there are actually a few airlines that was thinking of starting up. One of them is Breeze Airways, and we spoke about them last week. That they're going to be based in, uh, I think, Utah. And um, Kusha has an update on them. What's going on with them, Kusha? So, just to give you a little bit of an update, uh, Breeze Airways is again is one of the latest is the latest iteration of uh, David Neeleman. He's the Morris Air, um, JetBlue, and Azul, and also Tap owner. So he's starting this airway, this airline in the U.S. called Breeze Airways. Uh, it was originally called Moxie, but they've changed the name, and I think Breeze is honestly a better name. Yeah, Moxie sounded a little uh, They're going to be a point-to-point -point operator within the U.S., um, and they are going to be an Airbus 220, which is the new name for the Bombardier CS series aircraft. They're yeah. going to start this year, actually, in August. But they've pushed their start date to 2021. So what they've done, um, I think in May, uh, so that's not that long ago, they had taken over the um, Airworthiness Operating Certificate, the AOC of Compass Airways, which was um, a division of trans states. Now, again, this may not be very... Uh, common knowledge to people outside the U.S. Transstates went bankrupt and yeah. they were a regional company that operated regional flights for um, U.S. mainline carriers. So anyway, for whatever reason, uh, Breeze wanted uh, the AOC of Compass Airways, which was CP. So it was a very familiar airline code. Well, this week they filed a motion that they didn't want to do that anymore. I was trying to find out details of why, but I didn't get very far at all. So all I have um, is this, that uh, Breeze Airways is going to have its own new airline code. And one of the requirements that I did read about uh, using an AOC is that, and a pre-existing AOC, is that, that the ownership of the carrier has to be at least 75% US based. Now, okay. perhaps the ownership of Breeze is going to be more foreign or less than 75% US. I don't know that for a fact. Right. But, um, it may be a while before um, uh, we know what the airline code for Breeze is going to be. And maybe the deal just fell through, right? For, for some other Maybe it did. Yeah. yeah. Because that could, the, these uh, AOCs could be worth a lot, actually. Yeah, my, uh, you know, maybe they wanted too little money and the guys are like, well, we're, we're bankrupt, but no. <laughs> I thought they would have reached that agreement before announcing the deal. Yeah, but so 
So which tells me that, because they would have looked at all the other stuff before, because these guys do their due diligence, right? Yes. Um, yes. So they wouldn't, they wouldn't have said, hey, we're going to take it if they weren't eligible to take it. So okay. it's, it sounds like something happened at the table. They had a mm. spot, and then they're like, nope, we're done. So, uh, but mm. you know, it'll, we'll, we'll probably never hear about it. Or It's a fairly laborious procedure. Yeah. Go through this. So I don't know if that this will further delay their 2021 start, but um, I will tell. But now they must have already were going to get their own code because when they started, the airline compass was still flying. Well, I'm not sure they were still they were flying at all. I no. don't think they've been incorporated. Hmm. Okay. I I don't believe so. Uh, no, no, because no, I, I I meant. Um, Breeze? Yeah, so Breeze was going to do their own thing and then coronavirus happened and so now they can get the certificate for Compass because Compass went out of business, right? Right. But I'm saying that so they, so Breeze must have already been planning to get their own code already yes, yes, prior yes, to yes. all this and they yes. probably just saw this as a cheaper way to get it or a quicker Perhaps. way to get it. Yeah. They figured, well, let's just go back to our original plan. Right. Um, yeah. And again, just to backtrack a little bit, they, um, at least the initial plan was to start six months before scheduled operation with E-195s, yeah. are uh, from Azul, which is again, a Neelaman company. Exactly. Uh, and they were going to do exclusive charter operations. Gotcha. Uh, because the A-220s were not going to be available in time. So I don't know if this changes any of that. And if they're still going to start out with E-195s or if they're going to go straight into the A-220. That's interesting. I'm pretty sure it's all related. So, um, it's, yeah. it's, the storm has finally gotten up here. It's, um, it's pretty, uh, pretty dark outside with um, you know, all kinds of stuff going on. Yeah. Um, as long as you don't lose power. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, okay, so let's go to the next one. Um, Delta, last week we talked about Delta testing uh, all their employees at home, and um, we got some more information on what they're trying to do now. What have you got to show? Again, I think Delta's been firing on all cylinders all recently, cylinders. and uh, they really are making very measured uh, steps try and get all the positive press they can get. And uh, just an update to what we had mentioned last week, but they have partnered with um, CVS, which is a major drugstore chain here in the US, to test their cabin crew at crew lounges at all the hubs here in the US. This is a 15 minute um, nasal swab test. Um, so crew are able to know almost instantaneously whether or not they are positive. So if they are positive, they're given 10 days off, 10 plus days off at home in isolation with full pay. And if they've been exposed to someone who's positive, they get up to two weeks off again with full pay. And also I thought what was a very good idea is that any Delta uh, employee can go to any of the several thousand Quest diagnostic uh, locations in the U.S. and get tested as well for free. 
So the reason they said they were going to do this is they wanted to establish a baseline as what was their uh, positivity rate uh, for all their employees. Makes sense. So far, I believe this is the middle of August. They've tested 50% of their employees, but they expect to test all 100% by the end of the month. Now, this part is where I was a little confused because it's not just one test that can determine whether you're positive or not. You have to be tested constantly okay. to get any sort of validity, I think. But again, um, maybe I was missing the details, but I don't think they had addressed that issue. I think they said so, that they tested at least once a month or something like that. Yeah, okay. they, yeah it wasn't going to be just, oh, we're testing everybody once and then that's it. it was gonna yeah, because be, that makes no sense. Yeah, yeah, they were going to they were gonna keep testing, but I don't know what the frequency, what the frequency was. So again, there's going to be a health um, counselor at each of the Delta yeah. crew lounges at the hubs who will administer these tests. Which again, is good. Great I, idea. I don't Excellent. know if the other airlines are doing it. Oh, you bet they will, Kishore, because that's how the industry is, right? Um, yeah. They all go, oh, yeah, we, we want to, every time they price something, they're like, oh, well, the other airline is doing it, so we're going to do it. Now, they don't do price fixing because that's, that's not allowed. Yeah. Um, but obviously, if you're charging five bucks for the route, I can see that you're charging five bucks. And I'll go, okay, well, if I charge six, nobody's going to go. So I end up charging the same amount. But I didn't confer yep. with you and said we should, which is what they, which, it, which would be against the law. So it'll be, just, it'll be just like this. I mean, because what's happening is now I feel safer flying Delta because I know that people aren't sick at Delta. Yeah. They've now, already uh, got a lot of requirements before you fly. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, you have to testify that you're healthy, have to wear a mask. And if you're not healthy, then you have to take a test before boarding. Yeah. So I think that's, I think that's really good. And I have to commend Delta for doing that. And actually being an industry leader at a time when yes. God, we need an industry leader uh, in this. And Delta is definitely, it's costing them a fortune, but, uh, and the insurance companies are just like complaining. But, you know, they make, everyone's making money here because CVS is not giving it to them for free. Yep. <laughs> now, the thing is that, so it means that we have these tests, right? We have these quick tests. Why isn't this available to the masses? The general public, yes. You know, why are we waiting? continuing source of frustration. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. So something is not right here um, at all. And obviously, these rapid tests have been around for a while because you see the people using them in other countries. Yes. Um, yes, it's kind of so it's kind of weird. The, in speaking of these, it is not an update, but um, um, I saw where uh, Heathrow is testing on arrival. Yes. And it's 150 pounds, I think Something it is. Like that. Yeah. And um, it's actually quite pricey, but it's it's the same price we have to pay here for a test, not under insurance. Exactly, but it it, it is very expensive, and you you tend to think. Well, why are you testing me when I arrive? You should be testing me before I get on the plane. Uh, and you should have your results right then and there. Yes, exactly. So we're still, we're getting closer, but basically if you don't have money, you can't travel because <laughs> between having to pay for that test, between having to quarantine for two weeks, um, and yeah. you know, the airfares are expensive, the ground transportation is expensive, 
um, everything is more expensive because there's less people using using the services. Um, yeah, it's 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 kind of oh. frustrated. Um, well, speaking of London, um, our good friend JetBlue has some updates. What's going on with them? <laughs> yeah, well, this is hardly <laughs> surprising. But hardly. this week they announced that uh, London operations from New York and Boston that was supposed to start later this year have been pushed to 2021. Uh, probably middle of the year. Um, again, hardly a surprise, but they're right. going to operate the A321LR aircraft, which is long range aircraft, which currently puts them um, capable of doing nonstop Western and Central European capitals from New York and Boston. But come 2023 or so, they're going to get the XLR okay. uh, version of the 321, which will put uh, cities like Moscow or Istanbul or even Kiev in Ukraine within reach of nonstop flights from New York and Boston. Wow. But um, I just thought it was interesting to mention this, that yeah. they haven't really given up. But I would not be surprised if they push it back further or even outright cancel it, depending yeah. on how this whole vaccine thing goes. I just don't think it's going to happen, Kushra. Um, you know, we're, fo we're fooling ourselves that traffic will come back in order to do that. Uh, considering you still, you still got BA, uh, Lufthansa, uh, Air France, KLM. So many carriers, actually. Yeah, so that's many. flying across the Atlantic. So I, I think it would be stupid for them to actually do it considering just to say, yep, we flew to London, considering that the industry is in turmoil um, yeah. and it just can't sustain, it can't sustain another, it can't sustain what it has now. No. And we're going to go at, I mean, at the time when they did it, I still thought it was a bad idea, but, um, oh, and there's even Norwegian. So I- Jay, on that note, what uh -huh. JetBlue has said is that their fares in economy, round trip will be from 300 US dollars to 1,000 US dollars round trip, which is That's a little expensive. bit higher than um, what carriers like Primera or Level or Norwegian. Yeah. They haven't gone below $200 round trip. Plus, I mean, you get a whole list of entertainment options on. Um, uh, JetBlue, but it's unclear if that's going to be free or not. Yeah, that's expensive. At this time. That's expensive what they drive. I, I really think they should call it a day um, and just say, hey, because of COVID, we're out. really not bad. Huh? Trip, if you can get a seat at that price. Yeah. US dollars? Round well, um, when I flew, what was it? Um, Norwegian, uh, it was at $99 out of Stuart each way. Okay. So, um, and- uh, That's in the 200 range, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's crazy. So stay tuned. Yeah. I think the next update we're gonna have is like, hey, we're out. <laughs> uh, well, they have to find a place for their XLRs. They're uh, getting a lot of them. They'll probably just send them back. <laughs> uh, I know. It's that's just, gonna be a very high demand aircraft. Yeah, but they, they need to find better routes to fly. And, and, and those things are single aisle. 
Yes. Um, I mean, it's, I've flown the 757 and the 737 across the Atlantic. It's tough in a, in a single aisle for those long, long flights. Because um, well, you, know, you can't get up and walk, people are all over the place, and yeah. But remember, for the right price, you can get people to do and put up with anything and everything. Yes, we've definitely seen that. Um, all right, so let's switch over to manufacturers now. Um, so we've been covering the 737 MAX uh, for a long time. Uh, don't call uh, it that That's the name. Anymore. That's, that's the name. That's the name up to this point. Uh, so why can't I call it the Boeing 737 MAX anymore, Christian? What do you well, let's back up for a little bit of good news for Boeing. Okay. So there's this charter airline in Poland called Interair. Okay. Um, so they're sort of on the basis of uh, TUI. Yeah. So they op operate charter flights, most, mostly to leisure destinations in the southern European area. And they're based out of several bases, several cities in Poland. Okay. Um, London Gatwick, Bristol, of all places, and Paris. Okay. So they have um, ordered for um, uh, 737 MAX aircraft at the time. And they recently ordered two more mm -hmm. with two, two firm orders with two options. Okay. This week, actually, which is the first order that Boeing has received for this aircraft since late 2019 when they reached an agreement with uh, Sun Express based in Turkey. Okay. Okay. But very subtly, Boeing has completely avoided using the term 737 MAX. Instead, they're referring to it as the 737 7, 737-8, 737-9, and 737-10. No dashes? Well, dashes, yes. I'm sorry. Okay. okay. <laughs> now, this makes complete sense. Of because remember, the 747 has the 8. 787 has the 8, 9, and 10, so it brings it into line. But they are trying to, well, they are hoping that people will forget that the MAX has such a tarnished name recognition um, issue and uh, completely separate the 737-8 from the 737 MAX 8. Now, given people's short memories. Remember the DC-10 had this issue as well after that Turkish crash. Mm -hmm. And it had a little, a lot of success after that. Yeah, people do so, have short memories. Yes. And, uh, and it makes sense to change the name of the airplane. Because uh, then, I mean, they, they screwed up, they're fixing it, and all the regulators yeah. are making sure that they fix all this stuff. And, um, and they'll, you know, they'll, they'll get back flying. So it makes sense to change the name. And it's not, yeah. it's not only the airline industry that that happens to people. Yep. Name, name changes happen all the time. And you're right, consumers forget. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. All right. Good, good luck, Boeing. I mean, we're, we're, we're rooting for you here. <laughs> it should be entering service this year, if all according, if all goes, goes according yeah. to plan. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, so um, not to be outdone, um, the A350, uh, is doing some cool stuff. What are they up to? Well, I'm sure a lot of people have heard that um, 
All the other Airbus aircraft, with possible exception of the 380, mm-hmm. have found um, use as ACJ, which is the Airbus corporate jet. Okay. Except the 350. Yeah. And uh, you very often hear and see a lot of Boeing uh, BBJs as they call them, Boeing business jets, from 787 to 73, uh, okay. uh, 748. But this is the first time that an Airbus 350 will not enter into commercial service. And this week, uh, they delivered the first 359 to the German Bundeswehr. Again, I hope I'm pronouncing that correct, but which is essentially the German military forces. And they're going to use it as the transport aircraft for um, government, government military officials like Angela Merkel, for instance, Johnson. And uh, again, something that was a little bit unusual is that there are three aircraft on order and Germany took delivery in Hamburg this week of the first of the three, but it has been fitted with a temporary VIP interior, which again, does not make a lot of sense to me, but again, I don't know all the details. The other two are being manufactured currently in Toulouse and, and subsequently modified in Hamburg and will feature the permanent VIP interior. So this is, as I said, as a temporary interior aircraft and will actually have to go back into maintenance to get the final configuration installed at a later date. So I'm not exactly clear why they took delivery of this aircraft, but maybe they needed it because um, they used to operate the 343. Uh, the Airbus 343, um, and I don't know if anyone remembers that it had sort of this embarrassing uh, mechanical issue late last year, where Angela had to hop on board an Iberia 340 to uh, GE20 meeting in South America. Um, so I guess they wanted this aircraft sooner rather than later. Okay, I mean that that makes sense, and uh, I. If you're watching on the thing, I'd stepped out just for a little bit because um, the the dog it's 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 raining here. And the dog was going crazy because uh, the, the thunder and stuff was going. So sorry about that. If you're watching, you'll see me disappear and come back in. <laughs> but Krishna was good. He kept uh, he kept everything going as if nothing happened. <laughs> um, oh, that's crazy though. Uh, but it it, may, it makes sense that they would that they would take it. They probably need it. And maybe they just yeah. have to park the other one. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if France will do the same because they also have a 343 as the uh, as one of the original um, that makes sense. for the uh, president. Well, at least we'll we have to that. wait and see. Yeah. Oops. Heavy lightning. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, it's um, it's crazy. Uh, all right, great. So that that. All right, so that's pretty good news on the 350 and the new 73-8, <laughs> 9 and 10. Um, so now we have some miscellaneous items. Um, you know, sometimes the news just gets crazy from time to time. 
and I just came across, and Chris is going to tell us about it, uh, some U.S. Navy SEAL is in the news um, again, but not for something good. Uh, what, what's going on there, Chris? <laughs> So there was this guy, apparently his name was Robert O'Neill, uh -huh. and uh, he was, according to all reports, the man who sh actually shot Osama bin Laden in Pakistan. And he was quite a celebrity for a while. Well, yeah. for better or for worse, he's a celebrity again. He's got another 15 minutes of fame, but not in a good way, I think. But again, is there any sort of thing known as bad publicity. Uh, but in this case, he was on board a Delta flight and um, he took off his mask on board to take a picture of himself without the mask. And according to him, he had the mask on his lap. Mm -hmm. I'm very, very glad that Delta didn't make any sort of exception and they banished him from flying Delta again. Uh, so he joins about 130 people have done something similar and have been banned from Delta Airlines. Now, I don't know for how long they've, they've been banned, yeah. but I'm glad Delta did not make an exception. No exception. And because I once... do not understand this obsessive need for selfies, even when you risk something like this. But I guess he didn't care or he didn't think. Yeah, I'm glad that Someone I'm as smart as he is, I would have expected something more, but. Maybe not. Yeah, exactly. And I'm glad Delta isn't making any exceptions because once you start yep. making an exception, it's like, but, you know, but you're loud, so-and-so. It's hypocritical. Yeah. So, um, good, um, yeah, good for you, Delta. Keep, keep, keep going. We, we, need, we, need, we need to have some semblance of order in the air. Um, okay. Uh, the next item we have is, um, and I guess I'm going to take this one. So if you're a student and, um, well, were or, or, or is a student, then you normally take these, um, you probably know about SDA Travel. SDA Travel is a really large uh, travel agency in the U based in the UK, and they've been doing trips um, for uh, college-bound people, or in the UK, they call them gap year. So people go, you know, they just get out of high school, and they want to go to college, but they take a year off, and they go travel the world and come back. And the company, SDA Travel, is the one that has been doing that. And now they're out of business uh, as a result of uh, COVID. So um, yet another, I guess, company that has fallen uh, due, to, due to what's going on with COVID. Did you but, ever use them? No, I've never, I've never used them. Um, when, I was, uh, when I was younger, <laughs> I actually had, um, I don't know if you had one, the student ID thing. Mm -hmm. um, so I had that, and they would give you a discount um, uh, on that. But no, I've never used STA. I didn't know they were worldwide, that. correct? Yeah, they are worldwide. Uh, you can go online and book tickets and stuff like that. Matter of fact, I was just looking at um, one of their things because they're one of those. But they started to be able to allow you to pay over time. Okay. And, and so you could do you could use um, a company called Uplift, where you'd buy your ticket and then you pay for it over six months or something like that. Um, but I guess they've just been the, the latest victim in, the, in, in COVID. And this affects like, I mean, they're a huge company. And um, so this is affecting a lot of people who have all booked all these gap. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah. yeah. 
So, and a lot of people would have actually been going and leaving the UK now. Now, I don't know what, what that means. If you're one of the people who, who had booked with SDA Travel, they probably contacted you or you have to contact them to find out um, you know, where you are with the refund and things like that. I don't know. These are the people who can least afford to lose all this money. Right, exactly, exactly. So, but if you're um, going on vacation, I mean, you couldn't be that poor, right? Or am I being uh, too cynical? Uh, no, no. I mean, I, I, I didn't, I didn't do a gap year because I couldn't afford to do a gap year. <laughs> um, but you know, I mean, oh. it's, it's just another victim of, um, of what's happening yeah. during these uh, COVID times. But uh, we have one more story. We're going to end on a good note today, and um, this is about a Panam Fokker F100. Uh, what's going on? With yeah, that? again, this caught my attention because it was so unique. Yeah. Um, so in 2014, um, Avianca Brazil um, had this Fokker 100 aircraft, um, which landed in Brasilia without a nose wheel. Okay. The nose gear would not re re retract. Um, it landed and uh, no injuries at all among the passengers. Um, and uh, for whatever reason, again, possibly because it was an old plane, built in 1992, um, Evianca scrapped the plane. So they had it stored at a hangar at Brasilia Airport, and it sat there until um, in 2019, okay. when Evianca um, went out of business and they sold the fuselage. Ah, okay. But in the meantime, they had cannibalized the aircraft, so they've taken out portions and uh, utilized the plane parts for, as a spare parts reservoir, if you will. Um, but in 2019, they sold it to a third-party vendor who advertised it for sale and um, surprisingly, an aviation enthusiast who is also a pastor of the church in Brasilia. And the church is the Central Baptist Church hmm. there. He bought it for an oh, undisclosed okay. amount. <laughs> so they had this plane towed to the parking lot of this church, set it up on blocks, and uh, patched up the aircraft, and have are planning to paint it in the latest, um, in the last livery of Pan Am. Oh, which okay. is, of course, the iconic the US there. airline. I hate using that word iconic because it's so overused. But um, Pan Am never ever flew Fokker 100s, but like it or not, this one is going to be in full Pan Am livery. And this person uh, has ownership of the Pan Am Experience Brazil company. I've oh, never okay. heard of that. What they're going to do is to turn it into a full gastronomical experience. So in other words, it's going to be a restaurant for about 20 people. Okay, that makes sense. Again, I thought it was pretty cool that they were doing this sort of thing. Yeah. Well, you know, they have a Pan Am experience here in the US, right? Yes, but that I can understand. Yes, it's probably the same. They just bought their, um, bought their ownership for the rights in Brazil. Yeah. Like yeah, which makes which may so, sense. I have not done that experience and wanted, but it's a little pricey. So at some point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's Again, I thought cool. it was a cool idea. 
Yeah, there's another place that has an airplane. Uh, when you go to St. Martin, um, I don't know what kind the of airplane. Stone Cold, is. right? For the 737? Is Amsterdam? Uh, uh, yes. Brandon? Yeah. So there's a few places that you can yeah. go. That, that, that'd be a good story to do, right? To go to visit all these places. Uh, oh. uh, Orlando is a 747 that they use as a hostel. Um, in Stockholm, yes. Yeah, which is actually very cool. I've, I've gone and checked it out. I haven't stayed there. I was actually staying in the Radisson across the street. <laughs> okay. So uh, how are we doing on time? I think we're, we're good. over, right? No, no, we're good. We're good. Um, all right, that's the last story anyway. Uh, unless you had something else? No. Uh-uh. All right, very cool. All right, guys. Well, uh, that's, the, that's a wrap for this week. That's episode 27 in a rainy and thundery Houston. You probably heard the thunder uh, in the background from time to time and me ducking in and out to make sure that the dog doesn't go crazy because um, <laughs> the thunder is going. But um, don't forget to uh, download on Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Apple Podcast, and, um, and Google. And if you guys want to uh, sponsor us, uh, we are very open to that. Just send an email to feedback at fastrider.com and we can talk about what you have to offer uh, to our audience. And um, that's all we have. So uh, from a rainy Houston, Texas, uh, this is Kerwin and my buddy. This is Chris Schro. And we are signing off for episode 27 on- for next uh, week, I guess. Yeah, until next week. All right, guys, we'll talk soon. <laughs>